Hello, and welcome to America Can We Talk. This is Debbie Georgiatis. This week on America Can We Talk, we are featuring the speeches made at our third annual Women for Freedom Summit held in Dallas on October 15th. Today, Wednesday, October 26th, you'll hear the remarks made by Jason Isaac, a brilliant thinker and writer from the Texas Public Policy Foundation, who will tell you more about climate alarmism and climate truth than you've ever heard before. You're gonna wanna take notes, great presentation. Second, today you'll hear from Kevin Freeman, the host of Economic War Room, a nationally recognized expert on economic warfare and ESG and a bunch of other issues vital to understanding the future of freedom in America. And third, you'll hear from Christy Hutcherson. She's the founder of Women Fighting for America, an activist at the southern border, and even more broadly, an activist speaking up about the various threats to America's future of freedom and sovereignty. So today, enjoy Jason Isaac, Kevin Freeman, and Christy Hutcherson on America Can We Talk. I'll be back live and in studio on Tuesday, November 1st. Thank you, Debbie. Again, I'm Jason Isaac, and I live a high-carbon lifestyle. <laughs> and I believe everyone else should, too, as well. We'll talk about CO2 emissions. And this is what the root of all of the climate evil is based on, is us decarbonizing. That would be dehumanizing us getting to net zero, us getting to carbon neutrality. I'm going to create more problems and release some CO2 into the atmosphere. <laughs> I've also been called a domestic terrorist, but you know, that's because I kids care about my kids' education. But I, I joke, and, but to make light of this and really the absurdity, and if you look at the chart here, you look at CO2 emissions per capita, and this is a chart put out by Our World and Data using UN numbers, and they call it CO2 emissions too high. I put in parentheses there, human flourishing. And you look at the places that where human flourishing occurs, Singapore, the United States, Canada, Switzerland, South Korea, Japan, what do those places all have in common where there are high CO2 emissions per capita? They have economic prosperity and environmental leadership. Some of the cleanest environments on the face of the earth. So look at net zero or the what they, they label energy poverty. And I'm like, that's great. They're using my language because that's exactly what it is. And what is energy poverty? It's poverty. And look at the little arrow on the bottom there that says to end climate change, we have to get here. That's net zero. Who's at net zero? Malawi, Ethiopia. Anybody want those on their, their bucket list of places to visit? Not me. Not me at all. I, I don't want to get to net zero. I want to get to a high carbon lifestyle because I like economic prosperity and I like environmental leadership. There's so much CO2 in the atmosphere. It's 0.04% of the atmosphere, but there's so much that it's causing a catastrophic climate crisis. I wonder if the left's new bumper stickers are going to be save the deserts. Because what's happening as we increase concentrations of CO2 in the atmosphere? The earth is greening. Isn't this what they want to have happen? A green earth, we're increasing land area where we can grow food. Now, if they just let us use nitrogen, fossil fuel based fertilizer, we could actually grow more food 
on that new green land. But what happens when you do that? Humans flourish, and that's what they don't want. So to look at what net zero really looks like, this is net zero. This is a video put out by UNICEF. I doubt they ever thought that someone would be using this to advocate for fossil fuels, but I do. I'm surprised they haven't pulled it down yet. But this is a 13-year-old girl named Aisha. She lives at net zero every single day. She lives a low-carbon lifestyle. 13. You'll notice the timestamps across the bottom. Like many women around the world, she will spend eight hours a day walking to collect water for her and her family, alone with a camel and ironically some plastic jugs made out of petroleum products. You can't make this up. The unfortunate thing about this is the UN, the World Trade Organization, the World Bank will not make funds available to countries like Ethiopia if they're developing infrastructure based on fossil fuels. What they will make available, I showed this video to Congressman Crenshaw's staff and one of his staffers, Hannah, who's still with him, she said, oh, I did missionary work in Ethiopia. Do you know what the UN does provide for women? Implantable birth control. Because young girls like Aisha, they know that she's going to be attacked on her way to collect water. Women around the world spend 200 million hours every single day walking to collect water like Aisha. It's inhumane. I keep asking policymakers, when do the human rights tribunals begin for people like Al Gore and John Kerry and Klaus Schwab and Larry Fink and Antonio Gutierrez? When do they begin? Expensive energy hurts the poor, and it keeps people like Aisha in abject poverty around the world. It also hurts the poor right here in the United States. That's why there's a group in California, of all places, called the 200. There probably aren't any members of the 200 in this audience. It's 200 civil rights organizations that are suing the state of California, saying the state of California is violating the Civil Rights Act because their environmental policies have a disparate impact on communities of color. It's amazing. Right in California, expensive energy hurts the poor. Highest state for gasoline and the second ex most expensive area for electricity on the face of the earth. Expensive energy hurts the poor all around the world. One in six families, one in six families will get a disconnect notice from a utility this year. We've gone from saving $2,500 per family just in 2020 to now the average family spending $5,200 more per year on energy. It is crushing people. If you eliminate all CO2 emissions from the environment, from the United States, all of them, that's over 80% of our electric generation, over 90% of our transportation fuels, no flying, no cars, no buses. If you eliminate all CO, oh, that's no distilled spirits, beer, wine, any of that either. If you eliminate all CO2 emissions by 2030, as called for in the Green New Deal, the temperature differential by 2100, 70 years later, is less than two tenths of a degree. 
we decimate our way of life for nothing. We've been talking about the models and the impact on the environment for years. If every single signatory of the Paris Accord, including China, met their terms and were net zero by 2050, the temperature differential by 2100, 0.14 degrees difference. But you decimate our way of life. You find out what people in Sri Lanka are finding out today will happen all over the world. In 2019, the then president of Sri Lanka ran as the first ever net zero candidate on the face of the earth. And in 2020, he banned the importation and use of nitrogen fossil fuel-based fertilizer. In that same year, food production went down 50%. One in five families is now suffering from hunger, starvation. Their country has completely collapsed. It was on a path of economic prosperity until his election. And it's taken just not even three years, because that's how long his term was, and he didn't finish it. And he fled to Singapore. He should have fled to Malawi. He should have fled to Ethiopia. If he truly wants to live at net zero, that's where he should have gone. But instead, he put it on his people, and he's crushing them. And it's unfortunate, because now it's happening throughout Europe because of a cult-like fascination with decarbonization that does nothing to mitigate a changing climate, but does everything to increase the cost of energy, which increases the cost of everything we do. Do you know America leads the world in clean air? When I first started with the Texas Public Policy Foundation, I was just finishing my fourth term in the Texas House in 2018. And I went to DC to meet with some staff. And I jumped up and met this staffer for a senior US Senator Republican that serves on the Energy Committee. And I said, I'd love to talk to you about how we've improved our air quality here in the United States. And we're world leaders in environmental protection. I said, we've reduced harmful pollution. At that time, it was 73% in the last 45 years. And he laughed in my face and he said, that's funny, where'd you get your numbers from? And I thought he was joking. I'm like, am I getting punked? I start looking around. I'm like, that's how I kind of laugh back with him with this awkward laugh. And he's like, no, 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 I'm serious. Where'd you get your numbers? It's like the Environmental Protection Agency and the World Health Organization. Maybe you've heard of them. They have air quality monitors all over the world, more in the United States than anywhere else on the face of the earth. He didn't know this. Staffer in the U.S. Capitol for a senior U.S. senator that serves on the Energy Committee. You would think of all people that would know this, he would be able to spout these numbers off to me. But we're so focused on CO2, which eventually I'll get to ingest higher concentrations than what's in the atmosphere. And I assure you, I will not spontaneously combust. So your clothes are safe on the front row. But he didn't know this. And since then, we've reduced that harmful pollution 78% over the last five decades. I had the opportunity of testifying in front of uh, the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee in July, and I loved it because Senator Carper from Delaware was telling me that because of CO2 emissions, Delaware was sinking, and I said, not fast enough. <laughs> um, you know, that's two seats that we could pick up that'd be really good for the rest of the world. Man, oh, it's unfortunate. But we were talking about mercury deposits, and I said, you realize that the majority of mercury deposits in the United States are either naturally, occur, naturally occurring or come from Asian air pollution? They didn't know this. And I said, if anything, we should be calling on our trading partners to meet our air quality standards, or just maybe some air quality standards that meet, you know, improve human health. God forbid. But no, they didn't know this. They want to increase regulations on companies in the United States, which drives, jo drives jobs overseas. We export those jobs, and then we in turn import that pollution. I joked 
And you could even tell the Democrat staffers were laughing, even though they had masks on. I joked, I said, of all the technology the Chinese steal from us, uh, it would be nice if the, if, of all the technology the Chinese steal from us, it would be nice if they would utilize our pollution control technology, but they don't. And it was cute here, seeing the staffers laugh, and then they realized, like, oh, wait, he's not one of us. We shouldn't laugh about that. Um, you know, I, I love to talk to groups of students and talk about, because this, this is the barometric measurement right here of climate change, polar bears. I mean, it's like, what will you do to save me? Well, first, I'd, I'd take you out of that suit because you're going to die of heat exhaustion. Um, but I do, I love to talk to kids about how many polar bears there were in the 60s and 70s compared to how many there are today. And they all think the numbers have gone down significantly. But the fact of the matter is around 1970, there were 10,000 polar bears. And today there are 40,000 polar bears. This is mission accomplished. Where's the banner? We're done. Walk away. Let's go drill, baby, drill. But no, what's happening is, and I say this might be why Russia is invading Ukraine because they're getting attacked uh, from the northern part of their country, there are so many polar bears now. They are actually invading towns, and yes, this is a true headline, and this is from a Russian village. They're bears. They're going to go to where food is, uh, and, and their food is typically where humans are because we do create waste. And so uh, maybe this is what Putin's thinking. He's just tired of getting run out by the bears. But really, it, well, let's talk about the numbers and the math about, because everything's getting worse. The, the climate is getting worse. More people are dying. We're not living longer, healthier lives. But the fact of the matter is, over the last 100 years, deaths from weather-related events are down 98%. What's, what else has happened in the last 100 years in the Industrial Revolution? Been a 90% reduction of people living in extreme poverty. That's a good thing. Just in the last 10 years, it's gone from 20% to 10%. This is incredible. We can truly lift the last 10% of the people that live in abject poverty on the face of the earth with energy produced right here in the United States, produced more responsibly than anywhere else on the face of the earth, and get it to people around the world. So when I took this job in 2018, my, my then teenage son asked me, Dad, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to go work in poverty around the world. And he's like, gosh, that's a big lift. You think you can do it? And I said, in Texas, we stand over the key to ending that poverty with the energy that we produce. It's interesting now, I, I think I may have motivated him a little bit. He's Texas Tech studying energy commerce. Uh, so he wants to end poverty around the world too. And we truly can. And I know our next speaker is gonna talk a little bit about environmental, social, and governance, or what I, I call it, what it does to energy. It makes it expensive, scarce, and government controlled. You're seeing Germany, the United Kingdom completely subsidize spending billions of dollars to keep people's utility bills lower. This modern monetary theory of deficit spending is not going to work out too well for the humans that live on this planet. And it's people like Larry Fink and Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum that are pushing this great reset. And we have to stop back here, if not in Texas, but in the United States. And we started here in Texas by pushing back against companies like BlackRock by passing a bill in 2021 that I wrote in 2020 that said if you boycott, divest, or sanction fossil fuels, you're no longer welcome to do business with the state of Texas. $300 billion in pension funds, $400 billion in municipal debt. That's a wake-up call. The ninth largest economy in the world in BlackRock is on a blacklist because they boycott, divest, and sanction fossil fuels along with, I think, a dozen other financial companies and over and hundreds of funds that are now no longer available for employees 
as part of their 401ks. This is how you push back. Um, and what's great is now you have states like West Virginia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Kentucky that have passed that same legislation. The Life Powered Project of the Texas Public Policy Foundation is a national initiative, and that's why we're working across states. And next year, we'll have this model policy introduced in over 20 states. We will tell comptrollers and treasurers that they must invest with fiduciary responsibility above and beyond anything else, no ESG metrics or anything like that, because the performance on those has been terrible. <laughs> and now we have 20 attorneys generals across the country that are investigating companies like BlackRock, Vanguard, and State's Trust, State Street, sorry, for violating their fiduciary responsibility. And just in the last couple of weeks, people like Jamie Dimon at Chase Bank have said, you know, what did he tell Rashida Tlaib? Hell no, we're going to keep investing in oil and gas. People like Jamie Dimon are finally waking up. Someone that's been forcing companies to adopt the Paris Climate Accord, which was meant for countries, not companies, and is not the law of the land here in the United States? That's treasonous, absolutely treasonous. And he's now concerned about antitrust violations, thanks to a paper that we published with C. Boyd and Gray, former ambassador to the United Nations, talking about the corporate collusion and the potential antitrust violations these companies are pushing upon us. It's a cartel. We're going to stop the collusion. And, you know, I love it when the leftists talk about endangered species. The biggest threat to endangered species, the left say, is loss of habitat. So you'd think that you'd want dense energy. If you look at this, you can barely see a little blue dot on the bottom left. That's three square miles. That's representing three square miles, a thousand megawatt or about enough electricity to produce electricity for 800,000 homes. It doesn't take up three square miles. A plant, if you've ever visited a natural gas power plant, but we've added in the land for exploration, production, the pipelines, three square miles. Compare that to what it takes for solar. It's 27 square miles of good farmland that used to be absorbing CO2 and making food for Americans is now off the table and producing electricity when the sun shines. Look at wind, it's 115 square miles to produce an equivalent amount of electricity. What an incredible loss of habitat that this green bling and renewable nightmare that they're pushing down on us is taking up. I try to bring the left and right together. When I was in the legislature, I, would, I was very persuasive. I would never compromise, but I would use good communication. And every single piece of legislation that I introduced, I had bipartisan support, the statewide legislation. Very persuasive, my communication. And I've been trying to get the Green New Deal done and secure the border. And this is my idea. If we just build a wall along the southern border of solar panels, we could do both. I mean, this would produce 10% of the nation's electricity, right? Why aren't AOC and Ted Cruz embracing one another in El Paso and saying, build the wall of solar panels? This would produce 10% of the electricity that we consume on a daily basis, and no one would ever cross this wall because it would be a mile wide. Let that sink in for energy density. 10% of the nation's electricity could be generated with solar panels with a southern border wall a mile wide. It's absurd, isn't it? Or we could just produce good hydrocarbons and fossil fuels. 
America's uh, energy, energy, we used to be energy dominant. We used to be energy dependent. That's been erased in the last couple of years. And it's because we need to message better. We need to talk about how expensive energy hurts the poor, how we're world leaders in environmental protection, how environmental policy should serve mankind and not the other way around. But the cult believes that environmental policy should not serve humanity, that humanity should serve environmental policy. That's the God that they worship. And it's unfortunate in the Kool-Aid is net zero, and the result is the same, death and destruction. And so when I ask people, you wanna give up fossil fuels? Well, where do you wanna start? I joked one time that if you think the Women's March was big when Trump got elected, just wait until they ban fossil fuels and take away our Lululemon. Because I'm, I'm not giving up my stretch pants. There's no way, no way. Those are the most comfortable pair of pants I own, and I, you're not going to take those away, so I will be joining that march as well if we truly ban fossil fuels. I'm Jason Isaac with the Life Powered Project. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It was fun to laugh on a serious subject. That was a fabulous presentation. Thank you, Jason Isaac. You know, he touched on the idea about climate policy being used to direct the whole globalism, new world order, world economic forum. And there are great things I've shared in my show many times about what, how what the left wants to do this world, they justify by climate change, they justify by COVID. And so to puncture, uh, you know, puncture the balloon, the fear about climate change does a great, is a great step along the way to helping us understand how we can actually push back against this global globalist socialist agenda. Our next speaker is Kevin Freeman. Many of you in this audience know him. He hosts Economic War Room. Um, he is just a brilliant advocate for the notion that uh, much of what we are facing in the world is economic warfare. He puts it in those terms. He explains it well and actually ties in a lot to well, the ESG argument, among other things. So please help, him, help me welcome Kevin Freeman.
Thank you so much, Debbie. It's a pleasure to be here. I want to tell you something I heard just last week. Mama bears are needed to save America. And I really think that. I go travel and speak. I was, this is probably my eighth city in the last three weeks to speak in, and mama bears are going to make the difference. What I want to tell you about is economic warfare, and the topic is ESG versus free markets and the great reset implications. And I'm going to run through it pretty quickly, so I apologize for that. I'm going to share a little of my story, then we'll talk about the economic war, then we'll offer a plan to save America and explain the economic war of the heart. I believe in solutions. My program, Economic War Room, has solutions every week, and I don't promise it will be easy, but I refuse to go gentle into that good night. As Dylan Thomas said, we're gonna fight. And when we hear things like Dr. Simone Gold talk about gold care and alternatives, that's what we're all about. And I, I can't wait to have her on my program. Back in the corner, you'll see my nephew is there, and, and Becky, a good friend with Patriot Mobile. They're a sponsor of this group. And I want to tell you, we're going to talk about weaponizing your money to save America. you got to change your phone bill because you're funding the beast if you're with AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile. I want you to know, and, and full disclosure, I'm on the board of Patriot Mobile, but love them. And I want you to know that they're fighting back and they're funding good things and they're winning school boards and they're doing all sorts of wonderful things. So I want 20 lines to switch over today. If you have AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, go back there and talk to them. You'll get the same great coverage and you won't be funding the beast. Now I give that commercial because it is all about weaponizing your money because it's an economic war. And I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna throw this in before my talk, my next book, I've got a book out I'll tell you about in a second. My next book is going to be The Economic War of the Heart, and it is based on 2 Chronicles 34, 14. But I'll tell you this, Jesus said in Luke 16, 11, if you're not faithful with your unrighteous mammon, you will not be trusted with true riches. And the sin of America is we are so caught up in how do I protect my money? I'm worried about my money. I'm, I can't believe my, what, but that might put my money at risk. That is the enemy of your faith trying to convince you that money is the end and means. The other side knows that you don't have to have money, you have to have power, and if you have power, then you can get money. And that's how Nancy Pelosi is so wealthy as a Speaker of the House. You've got to realize money is not the end game, and when you get it, you don't stop and hide it and cover it over. You need to weaponize it, giving, spending, and investing. And I'm gonna help you with that, and we'll talk about that. So my background, I've got four decades in the investment industry. When I started, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was 770. And I've seen the fabulous growth in the economy and the stock market. In 2008, I saw the financial crisis and I was hired by the Pentagon to be their economic warfare consultant. I researched and found that was an economic warfare attack on America. There's no doubt about it. We documented it. It's research is all over the internet. You can find it. Uh, they don't wanna talk about it, but it was an attempt to take down our country. I started in 2018 a program on Economic War Room on Blaze TV. We've got 200 episodes. You can get access to all of them free, including the economic battle plan that comes free with every episode that says, here's the problem, here's solutions, here's the backup research, and here's what you do about it. We have real solutions in every episode, and I, and I truly mean that. I've got a new book out. 
It's called According to Plan. You can get copies of it back there. It's $17.76, but for the event today, it's $10 a copy. How do we awaken America? Because everything you've heard is true today, right? And yet your neighbors, your coworkers, like, ah, they're going to say it's a conspiracy theory and they're going to say this. So I wrote this book to address that problem. And that is, it's a primer. It's not conspiratorial. It's got a forward by Dr. Ben Carson, who most people look up to and say, ah, he's a great man. I truly respect him. It lays out the facts and evidence, but it does it in a formula answering the question, why is the border open? Is it incompetence? Is it accidental? Or is it according to plan? Why are we sexualizing children? Accident, incompetence, according to plan. Why are race relationships worse? Accident, incompetence, or according to plan? Why did we have the debacle in Afghanistan? It uses the formula that I learned in college, in psychology class. If I tell you the conclusion, you're gonna push back and argue with me. If I tell you the facts and lay it out in such a way that you draw the conclusion for yourself, you will not be talked out of it once you conclude that yourself. So it says A equals B and B equals C. Gosh, what does that mean about A and C? And everybody instantly says, well, of course, it means it's according to plan. And they jump to that conclusion. They will not be talked out of it. That's why we're selling this book is to wake up people before the midterms. Anyway, there's, there's a commercial I could show you on. I'm going to skip through that, but there, there's a QR code or you can get information back in the back. I want to take the time to tell you about the Great Reset. Glenn Beck wrote a book on it. It is literally the convergence of business and government, which is fascism. This is what Mussolini decided was an idea that he used in Italy. You didn't have to have a bloody communist revolution like they did in Russia. You could take over the whole society by co-opting the business leaders and the businesses and working together. It is a one world agenda. It is progressive. It is leftist. It's a Marxist dystopia. It is created literally out of the mind of Dr. Klaus Schwab, and it is the end of capitalism. I call him Dr. Evil. I don't know why. There's... I mean, they, they, they resemble one another, don't they? <laughs> and they sound like that, too. And have you seen this video? A bunch of people seen this video? Here's eight predictions for the year 2030 by the World Economic Forum. They're not hiding anymore. They're saying the quiet part out loud. So here, here's the video. And, and I'll just tell you, I'll, I'll run through a little bit of it. So what's going to be like in less than 10 years? You will own nothing and you'll be happy. That's Marxism. Whatever you want, you'll rent, and it'll be delivered by drone. And we put a creepy computer voiceover when I showed this on my TV show. U.S. won't be the world's leading superpower. A handful of countries with China in the center will dominate. You're not going to die waiting for an organ because transhumanism means we will put artificial organs in you. You're not going to eat meat. You're going to eat bugs. They don't say that part in this, but they do in all their papers. Occasional, except do you think the wealthy are going to give up meat? Do you think the wealthy are going to own nothing? Do you think the wealthy are going to do? No, of course not. This is a plan. It's according to plan. And they've said it out loud what they're going to do. They're going to welcome immigrants. And look at the, here's the key line for, for Jason. Uh, global price on carbon make fossil fuels history means something in the past that we never use again. Well, if you saw his video, you know that's not even close to possible unless we're living that carbon-free lifestyle in a third world country. So the bottom line is they want to end Western values and they want to replace it with their Marxist utopia where the democracies 
have checks and balances, meaning we control how they operate. It is a dystopia. How are they gonna implement it? They're gonna implement it by capturing politicians. And you heard Klaus Schwab say, we have Trudeau. And you know, he's got this evil, evil accent. Uh, we have Trudeau and, and we have his cabinet. Half his cabinet belongs to us. Then they have their globalist policies, ESG funds, debanking, deplatforming, which is literally economic warfare. And the worst of all coming is the central bank digital currency. ESG was invented in San Francisco as an idea. It was adopted by the United Nations in 2006. It is one world government required to be incorporated in the financial evaluations of companies. In other words, all companies have to sign up and agree with what we say ESG is. And again, applying these principles will better align investors with broader objectives of society. How many people in here are investors in anything? Do you own something? Do you want your investments to give you the best return on your money, or do you want them to align with what they say is best for society? This is from each according to his ability to each according to his needs. This is classic Marxism right here in ESG. I use a different uh, an acronym for ESG. ESG, E stands for environment, means eliminate fossil fuels. S is social justice, critical race theory. And G, governance, is a gay gender a quota. It's, you've got to have a number of women on your board, you have to have a number of races on your board, but if you can put someone who's from LGBTQ on your board, that's advantageous, and they actually put that like at a higher class. So much of a higher class, you could have nine white men on your board, 78 years of age. If one of them says, I feel like a woman today, you have met the requirements to have one minority and one woman. That's how ludicrous it is. And it's being pushed by the SEC, it's being pushed by Merrill Lynch, and it's being pushed by BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. And they're implementing it through, well, first I should tell you, and it is their grab bag for anything they want to do. They say it's ESG criteria. For example, they say the anti-Israel boycotts are pro-ESG. I don't know how those connect or fit, but they will, any, you name a topic and they can fit their progressive agenda under the ESG moniker. And the ESG assets right now surpass $41 trillion this year and $50 trillion by 2025. Now, I'm not sure that's true because, well, the stock market's gone down really bad this year, so I don't know that they'll hit that. And by the way, ESG funds don't own a lot of energy, which is the one sector that's actually performed well this year. But their intention is to take over every pension fund that you have and all your individual portfolios and punish you if you don't go along. And what are they doing with that money? They're using it to punish American corporations who don't go along. And they've made it so crystal clear that Disney got the word. Walt Disney's company that was to be family friendly and put out great entertainment for families now has decided that Toy Story has to be woke and so they put a gay kiss in a Toy Story Lightyear movie and when they put it in there they knew they'd be banned in a dozen Muslim countries and they knew families wouldn't show up for it. They knew it would lose money and in fact it was the poorest performing Disney Lightyear Toy Story 
uh, movie ever produced. They didn't care. It was pushing out the agenda. And then you get the Zoom calls where the Disney employee says, we want to put LGBTQ in every children's programming. And then they come out with the, the TV show Little Demon, which is literally about Satan coming and having sex with a pagan woman and producing the Antichrist, and then they make light of it. This is what Disney is today, and it is driven by bad HR policies and also by ESG. They have three members of the board of ExxonMobil who believe fossil fuel should be banned from planet Earth. How do you do that? That's ESG. And they knew they couldn't sell it straight up to you. They knew that if they said, hey, we're going to take your money and we're going to invest it against your values, you'd say, whoa, absolutely not. So what they did is they put it in the back door of index funds. Index funds, by the way, were created by a guy that my uh, lady that works for me, Karen, has uh, had a personal relationship with this man, John Bogle. He died January 16, 2019. Now, I point this out because he created the index fund industry and he built Vanguard. Really an amazing investor. Before he died, in November 29, 2018, so two months before he died, he felt it important enough to get this message out to America, so he wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. He said, index funds will soon be half of all stocks, and I don't think that's good for America. Why did he say it's not good for America? Because it would shift the power to the index fund providers who are controlled by a small number of individuals who would have practical power over the majority of U.S. companies. Do you want arts and culture, corporate governance, diversity, religion, climate, environmental protection, human rights, social justice? Maybe you do. But what do you want far and above that? The Money Management Institute did a survey, and if you have good glasses and you can read my eye chart here, the box in the corner in the far right says, I want my investments to take care of my family and my country. That's what people want. They want their investments to provide the best return for their family and to save, protect, and defend the United States of America. They don't want that wokeness. So, unfortunately, your money is funding, if you own an index fund, the priorities that really would be a return to feudalism. In essence, it's animal farm because they say we want equality. They don't want equality because all animals are equal except the elites are more equal than others. And the elites in animal farm, if you remember, are pigs. Is that not an apt description? So their vision, you'll own nothing and like it. You'll eat bugs and less meat. They never talk about sharing prosperity. They always talk about you sacrificing while they live super well. And at one example is AOC with her $35,000 ticket to the Met Gala wearing the $60,000 tax the rich gown. Or Al Gore in Tennessee with his massive mansion. Or the private plane flights of John Kerry. They're always living super well while telling the rest of us to give up, to decarbonize. Now, how they're going to do it, debanking, cancel culture, and Microsoft Terms of Service are three ways. Debanking, my friend here, Nick Vujicic, I don't know if you know him, no arms, no legs, fabulous man. He's going to come into the economic war room on Monday. Um, he was debanked because he's pro-life, and a bank just canceled his account. Now, I get, that I, I don't get, they just canceled Kanye West's, West's account, and, and they dredged up 10-year-old tweets that he had that they said were anti-Semitic, and I, I, I sort of, 
why should a bank be able to cancel you because they disagree with what you think? That doesn't seem right. How about Airbnb, Michelle Malkin, who talks about the border, writes a book on the border, and Airbnb says you are no longer allowed to rent through Airbnb, and your husband can't either. And yet a small Christian baker in Colorado says, hey, your gay wedding goes against what I believe deeply in my heart, and they get fined and threatened with jail. The answer from Airbnb is we're a private company. We can, we can do what we want. And everybody says, yes, capitalism, we believe in that, private company. And yet the Christian baker doesn't have that same right. Microsoft and their terms of service, and you've clicked through and agreed to this, because you just clicked to get back, get to your email after they've just updated you and they said you had to update. It says they can look at your computer and if they find hate speech, they can cut you off as a customer. And then you wouldn't access your email. They can look at your computer under your terms of service that you agreed to. So how we deal with this? They're completely hip hypocritical. For example, Larry Fink, who is the head of BlackRock, who says demands ESG on American companies at the same time as investing in China, the worst polluter on the planet. How do we deal with this? We answer with liberty, security, and values. And that's what we train. Liberty, security, and values is how you should invest. It's far preferred over ESG. We want to invest according to the values of the client. And so we're training financial advisors to help that happen. And, and Jason mentioned recently, Louisiana divested $800 million from ESG, which is fantastic. What's coming soon? Central bank digital currency, where literally you get money from the government, it goes in your account, they can make it disappear at will. They can make it to where if you go to McDonald's and, and you happen to have high cholesterol, they can just, stop. they say, we've checked your health records, you can't spend at McDonald's. Or they can look at your social credit scores and not allow you to spend it all. Or they can look at your ethnic background and say, you owe reparations, take money out and give it to somebody else with a different ethnic background. This is nanny state on steroids. This is Mayor Bloomberg saying you can only buy 16 ounces of soda, but then he can enforce it by controlling money. Well, we have a solution for that too. And I'd like to talk to you, Jason, about this. Help us with this. It's called the Digital Texan because in the Constitution, Article 1, Section 10, you've got a Constitution on your table. It says, no state shall make anything legal ten tender except gold and silver coins. The state of Texas has a right under the Constitution backed up by a Supreme Court ruling 6 to 1, Briscoe versus Bank of Kentucky, where you could give your money to a Texas bank that would be held in gold and silver and you could spend it like a debit card. And it's real, it's absolutely real. And all we need is legislation to make it happen. That's how we kill the Great Reset. That's how we stop central bank digital currencies giving a Texas alternative. And we can do it in the next session. If you're Texan, help me. I got support from Brian Hughes. I've got support from Tan Parker. Lieutenant Governor said he'd support it. We need your help because in this session, we can end the Great Reset's economic stranglehold on you and end the idea of central bank digital currency. So we created the National Security Investment Consultant Institute where you can get a financial planner, stockbroker, CPA. Send us yours and we'll train them at Liberty University and they can help you transition away from woke investing and to LSV investing. If we train 10,000 advisors, we will have a trillion dollars in capital and we can take back this country with that. Every show we do has a free battle plan. You can learn, see all this at economicwarroom.com. I'll skip the commercial for the book, but the books are back there for $10.
And I want to close with this. We live, we are facing an existential threat to our way of life. Much the same as Winston Churchill and the British people faced when the Battle of Dunkirk took place because there were 350,000 men trapped on the beach and Hitler was rolling tanks. And here's what King George VI did, not shown in any of the movies, not in Darkest Hour, not in Dunkirk. King George VI called for an empire-wide day of prayer and God answered with three miracles. And this is documented in Reese Howell's Intercessor and it's documented in A Trumpet Sounds for Britain by Lloyd Gardner. God did three things. For whatever reason, Hitler decided to stop rolling the tanks. That's a miracle because he could have wiped him into the sea. The second thing is they thought they'd take him off from the air and Flanders Field was their air base. And for whatever, God just dropped fog on Flanders Field so no planes could take off or land except one squadron got off. It strafed one beach in Dunkirk and every man dove into the sand and every man stood up after and found bullet holes surrounding them. And the men swore that angels had lain over on top of them and protected them from the bullets. And the third miracle was this English Channel turned glassy smooth and the little ships, the pleasure craft, the fishing trawlers, the speedboats went across and brought back the 300,000 men. Now, Churchill said, you don't win wars by retreat. Au contraire, you win wars by what King George VI did next. And he said, thank you, God. And he called for an empire-wide day of thanksgiving to God. Even though they knew the war was coming, they stopped and gave thanks to God. Your answer, it's up to you. Pray, then do your work, weaponize your money, giving, spending, investing, and then give thanksgiving to God. This is the economic war room. We do this every week. God bless you all. Thank you, Debbie, for the opportunity. Christy Hutcherson, and if I had a label, I'd just say it is the attack on America by not enforcing our border. Christy Hutcherson.
Hi guys, Women Fighting for America here, Christy Hutcherson. I'm live on the border right now. We're, we uh, Earlier I was showing you where we were um, gonna stop this train. We are looking for um, illegals. Um, we happen to ca caught some. These guys are drug smugglers right here. These are mules. They're bringing in your, your body loads and your uh, drug loads right here. So you see these characters behind me right now? These are the people that we're talking about. And they don't look like your typical, what you think. They're, they're the same faces that you would see that the media is trying to tell you um, that are okay. Um, but they're not okay. There's women back here. There's a woman back here. Um, young men. These guys are bringing in the hardcore drugs and the human trafficking and smuggling. So the narrative that you have is not what you're being shown. So you see this? Christy Hutcherson with Women Fighting for America. I'm on the front lines and in the trenches every day to bring you guys the truth and the information that you need to help save America. As you can tell from some of the footage that I've shown here today, but what I'm here to talk about is it's time for us to unite, for we the people to get in this fight to save the heart and soul of our nation. We have a border crisis. We have a national security crisis on our hands. And the answer lies within each and every one of us. Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to stand and come join us in the fight to save our nation? I'm a military mom and I'm a small business owner and I'm a patriot who saw the evils that are taking place. And I got up and I did something about it. Each and every one of us has that spark inside of us. The answers with we the people, nobody else but us. Our founding fathers knew it best. They said it's a government for the people, by the people. So my fellow patriots, will you stand? Will you answer the call right now? We are in a pivotal moment of history. Rise up, join us, take back America. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. Good afternoon, everybody. How are you guys doing today? So, you know, first of all, Debbie, thank you so much for having me. You've been an amazing and you've been on my journey since God called me to what I'm doing and you've been a huge advocate. So I'm going to tell you a little story about how I came to do what I, I'm doing today because I think it's really important. You know, just like you, I, if you would have said I was going to be doing what I'm doing now three years ago, I, I would have said you're crazy. But you see, I've worked in Washington, D.C. for almost 18 years in the consultancy business. And I'm a Christian. And I love my country. I'm a patriot. And I was having a Bible study in my backyard uh, almost three years ago. And God called me. It was inaudible. And he said, Christy, I called you in 1993. And I called you in 2012. You denied me both times. Are you going to deny me a third? It was a pretty powerful conversation in my backyard. And with that, I threw my hands up in the air and I said, you know what, God, I'm not equipped, I'm not qualified, and I'm a nobody. But I'm going to say yes. And he whispered in my ear and he said, Christy, I'm calling the nobodies because the somebodies haven't been doing their job. So with that, I stepped down as uh, CEO of my company. I left everything behind. I haven't taken a salary in over three years. I spend most of my own personal money to fight for the heart and soul of our country. You see, my family fled Stalin. I'm a Russian Jew on my mother's side. 
my papa and my great-grandfather, my family's written in Ellis Island, and my papa would tell us the stories of my family being thrown into gulags, being marched off to the ghetto. Some of them weren't so fortunate. Working in D.C. in the swamp, and it is the swamp, and it doesn't matter if you have an ID or an R behind your name, there's corruption on all levels. You see, politicians are self-serving. They don't serve the people anymore. So I stepped down, and about two years ago, two weeks into the Biden administration, this illegitimate administration, a friend of mine, Carolyn Weatherington, she called me up and she said, Christy, I have friends who live in Yuma, Arizona, and they're literally afraid to leave their homes. Now, I want you to think about the timeline here, two weeks into the Biden administration. So I prayed about it. That's what I do before I do anything. I pray and I ask God, where do you want me? Where do you want me to serve? And he said, Christy, instead of just going to Yuma, I want you to take a small team and I want you to go down. I want you to fly into Tijuana, Mexico, and I want you to drive the 3,000 miles of borders and I want you to see what's really going on. So the last two years of my life has been dedicated to exposing the corruption and how this administration working alongside of the United Nations and the CPP and others and the cartels are destabilizing our country through open borders. Because you see, without closed borders, without borders, you have no sovereign nation. And that's their goal. You know, with the travels that I've been able to do and the work that I used to do, I've been to Muslim countries, I've been to communist countries. You don't want that. And it has already taken root here. There is no place to run and there is no place to hide. America is literally the last line of defense. We are the last beacon of hope for the world. We are the voice for the voiceless. And when we fall, that's it. The border crisis, and I mean it is a serious crisis, let alone the humanitarian part, which I'm going to talk about a little bit today. You know, when I started on the journey and I started going down there and interviewing countless sheriffs and lawmakers and ranchers, small business owners and mayors, then I started looking and going into the trenches, into hell. I've been in the stash houses. I've been on the Mexican highway. A Mexican highway is a highway that's extremely rough terrain. It's very difficult to get there. It takes sometimes me and my team an hour plus just to hike up to these areas. This is where the cartels and the mules and the coyotes and the wildcats are bringing in little children and women to be sold in the black market. We've tackled the coyotes' phones. We've confiscated them. We've downloaded thousands of phone numbers, by the way, that light up all over the United States of numbers for individuals who are coming to pick up these women and children. You see, when you're up at the Mexican highway, you find these trees, which you've seen photographs. These are real photographs of me and my team's journey. They have shackles and ropes where they tie little children and women down and they repetitively gang rape them violently. Little girls with 22 plus different men's semen inside their little cavities. Inside the stash houses where they have these symbols where they literally worship Santa Morta. They sacrifice animals and humans. It is real. Witnessed it, seen it. Vile, disgusting evil that's taking place. The carfentanil and the fentanyl that's pouring into our borders right now at unprecedented levels. 117,000 plus died last year alone. We are already breaking that record this year. 
This is by design. The Communist Chinese Party working hand-in-hand -hand with the cartels, bringing in the synthetics and the material that they need, the base materials, to make this drug. Carfentanil, by the way, if you've never heard of that, it's 50 times more greater than fentanyl alone. Back in March, I was asked by um, Senator Borelli, Representative Leo, and Representative Mark Fincham out of the great state of Arizona, which, by the way, these three men are patriots. They asked me, Christy, we know you've been down at the border for so long. You've done personal proof of concepts to help secure our borders. Can you please come and brief Governor Ducey's office? So me and my team of elites, I call it the dream team, four other companies that I handpicked who have very special skill sets and technology that we utilized for four months with sheriffs along the border at our own personal expense, by the way, at the tune of over $100,000 out of our own pockets because we love this country. Briefing Governor Ducey's office, we had 24 plus sheriffs. We had the attorney general there. We had the office of Governor Ducey and many others. We are showing them how when we are on the ground, we have 100% apprehension and detection rate. We can even follow the movements of the cartels terrorists, etc., hundreds of miles inland. We can identify tunnels. We can, we even know what a fork is 200 miles, I mean, 200 feet down at the ground. Tom Homan, who's become a personal friend of mine, he was on that call and he even spoke to me, said, Christie's Women Fighting for America, this stuff works. Please listen. And it fell on deaf ears. That should tell you everything you need to know. They do not want to close our borders down. the drug cartels, the Chinese Communist Party, the United Nations, and NGOs working hand-in-hand -hand to destabilize our nation and our country through open borders. Just recently, me and my team, we, we travel, we go into Central and South America, we actually go into over 30 states looking at the patterns of where they're going and what they're doing. And by the way, our military bases are involved. We've identified five bases right now in the United States of America, and several of which, by the way, are here in Texas, who are bringing the exotics, because that's what they label those from the terrorist countries in the Muslim worlds. They identify them and they separate them. They put them on our aircrafts and they fly them to military bases, and also they've purchased private uh, facilities. Several are in Michigan right now, where they're taking, and we believe, training these individuals who are coming into our nation. I've seen the FEMA camps that are set up. Oregon, Washington State have several. Why are they doing this? It is a huge plan and an invasion. They are building an internal army to rise up against us. I just recently got back. I was with Christina Anderson. Christina Anderson is um, she, she's a representative of Germany. She's in the European Union Parliament. They invited me over. I, I just met with the Dutch farmers and some other leaders, Australia and Canada, who are fighting back. Christine and I had a very candid conversation and she was telling me how they're doing the same thing over in Europe. They're building camps. They're bringing in, they call them migrants. These are not migrants, these are illegals. And make no mistake, this is an invasion. In Mexico, in, in Mexico City right now, there's an airport that they set up to compete with the international airport. 
Lo and behold, to find out, this is where a lot of the terrorists are coming in. The flights coming in and out of there are from Cuba and Venezuela, communist countries. We've been watching the patterns. Over 300 supposable Cuban doctors, all males, flew in and then disappeared. We have terrorists coming into our country at unprecedented numbers. I've been into the area in one of the photographs that you just saw. That was on our soil, by the way. Those military men that looked like full garb AKs, that wasn't on another country's soil that was right here in Arizona. Unfortunately, the teams that I work with couldn't get down there fast enough because make no mistake, when they come across me and my team, they're met with force and they will not get past us because we draw the line. It's pretty sad that a little girl like me is one of the defense to terrorists coming into our nation and cartels. You know, I've, I've been asked many times, where's the men? I was asked that question last night. And I believe right now, from a biblical perspective, God is, and there are men, there are tons of really good men rising up, many. But right now, the women are being utilized, I think, to voice because we are fighters. And we are ushering the second coming, I believe, and preparing the bride. We are Devers and Esther's rising. And I'm very thankful that there's so many women out there who are willing to risk everything. Like Simone will go to jail. I have bounties on my head. I have death threats. I've had people try to shoot me. People have rushed my bus with guns, knives. I travel with 24-hour security now. It's not because I want to. It's because they don't want truth to be told. Truth is so valuable. And they want to silence it. I'm proud that I'm on that J6 committee list of over 25 plus people investigated. They just, the FBI came and knocked on my 80 year old daddy's door a couple weeks ago. Because they want to try to silence us and threaten us and put us in fear. I can tell you right now, I will never be silenced. I will speak truth always. And if I have to take a bullet for my nation or go to jail and have everything stripped of me, by golly, then that's what I'll have to do. Because at the end of the day, we will have nothing if they win. They know who you are. They know how you think. They know how you vote. You carry a little computer around, a little recording device. You're not safe. You know, the Jewish people, I think about that under Hitler. If we just, if we just, if we just, they'll go away. They will not go away. They're coming for your personal freedom. We can never allow that to happen. The Chinese Communist Party are working hand in hand, not only on our southern borders, but they're also on the northern borders. They're working with the Canadian police, their military, they're training. Con the Chinese Communist Party right now, do you know that they've bought up massive amounts of land in the Caribbean? They're looking in Puerto Rico right now to purchase one of our previous air bases. Russia signed another agreement with Nicaragua to bring in more military equipment and soldiers into Central and South America. The Chinese Communist Party right now 
has infiltrated Central and South America at unprecedented levels for the last 10 years underneath of our nose. They now are building on both sides of the Panama Canal over 40 uh, control zones. Why do you think that is? China right now controls not only the infrastructure but also the food supply in Central and South America. In Belize, for example, you can't even own a grocery store unless you're from China. This is by design. We are being surrounded by our enemies. And we've been asleep for far too long. I believe wholeheartedly, not if, when, we're going to have multiple attacks because we have terrorists in our country because of this administration. Biden, as far as I'm concerned, him and his administration have murder and rape, the death of our children from fentanyl and carfentanil on their hands. Based on that alone, he should be charged with treason. Yeah. Our governors, the great state of Texas, I love your, you guys know firsthand what it's like to have an invasion of all of these illegals. And by the way, they're not migrants. They're not water buffalo migrating or geese. This is true illegals coming in from 170 plus different nations. 170 plus different nations have entered our borders. The numbers they're telling you are incorrect. They're saying it's 5 million. We believe looking at the data and all the information and all the research we've done, we're at probably over double that. If you look at what the Obama administration did with the, with the Somalians, they always test mark and benchmark what they're going to do. Look at Minnesota, what happened. Destabilizing the economy putting strain on the school systems, the health systems, defund the police movement, businesses closed down. Elon Omar was bred out of that. That's what they're doing all over the United States of America. Nobody is safe. Every state is a border state. I have asked the church to stand up. I've asked pastors to come down to the border with me to deaf ears. How powerful would it be if millions of you showed up at the border and said, no more, not on my watch? How many lives would be saved? We have warehouses right now on the other side of the, the border in Mexico where they're literally earmarking children and they take them to these warehouses and then they're murdered for their organs and sold on the black market. Murderers, terrorists, drug lords. They've infiltrated even into, up into Kentucky. I'm going to give you a story of how the drug cartels work. Calmet Farms, one of the most prestigious horse racing farms in the world, one of the leaders of one of the worst cartels, was a ranch hand, worked in the barn. That was his cover, all the while selling drugs and human trafficking. You're not safe. Our children are not safe. Our country is at risk. We will see multiple terrorist attacks because of this administration's lack of duty. We have a duty and a right to defend and protect our country. And if we don't do it, nobody else will. There's nobody coming in on a white horse to save us. It's up to the people.
There's so much corruption and we have to push back. Debbie, how many more minutes? Thank you. I could go on and on of all the things that we've uncovered. They're setting up these camps and bringing in illegals all over the world. The Dutch farmers, by the way, when I met with them, they were telling me why they want to see some of their property. And it's not just about the food shortage, by the way. I call it the great storm that's coming, the great spider web. I can't get into that right now from a strategy perspective. But they're building armies all over the world. I'm going to leave you with a story of somebody who's my hero about sacrifice. Because we have to sacrifice. We're very comfortable. One of the five, I went to the five countries and the question I got asked the most was, Christy, where is America? Where are the people? We're waiting for America to stand up. I said, we're spoiled. We're complicit. We haven't had tanks flowing through our cities yet. You see, we're comfortable. We'd rather hold on to our, our riches, our safety, instead of fighting. So this young man's a hero of mine, 21 years old at the time. He joined the United States Air Force, wanted to serve his country. Was accepted into the Raven program. It's an elite force within the Air Force. He was asked to protect Air Force Two, even if he didn't believe in the person who was in there. He did his duty well. He was in charge of one of the Afghan refugees over the Afghan uh, Operation Afghan Refugees over in Germany, the biggest base in the world. But last September, when an unconstitutional mandate came down, he decided he wasn't going to do this. After doing his due diligence, he's a Christian and he could have did a religious exemption. That was the easy way out. Instead, he was called up in his dress blues to the commanding officer of the base in front of his um, colleagues and his airmen. And he said, sir, with all due respect, I stand firm in the oath that I took to defend and protect the Constitution of the United States of America against foreign and domestic threats. So they gave him an Article 15. They stripped this young man of his rank and pay. By the way, he hardly made any money. He was living off of ramen noodles. He was spat on by the, um, the Afghans. He was told to cover up his Christian tattoo from Isaiah. And they said, well, if you come back, we're going to call you, call you back because you're an amazing soldier. We need you. Three to four weeks from now, we'll make all this go away. A young man came again stood in front of the commanding officer of the base, stood his ground. So they put him on house arrest. He was allowed to go to his duty station and back, and that's it. Working 15 to 20 hours a day with 90 pounds of body armor on him, defending the line, protecting our country. He still stood his ground. They isolated this young man. He became depressed, but he still did his duty. Finally, in January, they discharged this young man Instead of doing what they did to most soldiers and airmen, they decided to make an example of this young man. And they discharged him with a JQK. A JQK is serious misconduct of a soldier. I've been told it's basically no better than a rapist or somebody who's really not so good. No good character. This young man cannot hold office. He can't hold a security clearance. They basically took everything from him. 
but he stood his ground. And he quite frankly didn't know if they were going to court-martial him. That, man's, that, little, that young man is my hero. That young man is my son. If that young man can stand up not knowing what he was going to face and stripping everything, can't we do the same? It's our obligation and our duty. Please do not let freedom and liberty, the torch, go out. Your children and your children's children's future depend on what you do today, what you do when you walk out of this room. Take this information that you're learning from all these amazing speakers, turn it into the fight to save the heart and soul of our country. Because if you don't do it, I promise you, nobody else will, not even President Trump. Our founding fathers knew it best. We have an obligation when we have a government who no longer serves natural law, who no longer serves the Constitution, who does not serve the people. It is our obligation and our duty to replace that government with a righteous, just government. The world is waiting. Will you rise and will you take up the defense of freedom and liberty? It is our God-given duty. I will fight to the last breath. That is the charge that I told my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that I would do at all costs. Will you join in this fight? God bless you and God bless this great country. This is Debbie Georgiatis on America Can We Talk. Thank you so very much for tuning in today and every day, Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk. I'll be back live in studio on Tuesday, November 1st. Until then, enjoy this week of presentations of all the speakers made at the third annual Women for Freedom Summit here in Dallas. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you very soon. Can we talk truth about America? Can